0: Hi, this is John Elsesser, Executive Director at IMPEA, and welcome to the seventh and final edition of the 2022 edition of the Statehouse Express. On Wednesday morning at 12.30 a.m., the General Assembly adjourned the 2022 session, which is referred to as sine die. IMPEA's focus in all sessions, especially in a non-budget year, is to protect and defend The more we stay under the radar to be included in as few bills as possible, the better. And from that perspective, it was a very good session. This session had lots of what I call kitchen sink education bills. Bills that included various education issues, maybe somewhat loosely related, but usually not. So a 30-page bill may have two lines that we were at all interested in. There are also a number of very contentious bills focused on culture-related issues which we've shared in prior podcasts. Most of those we were able to steer clear of as well. The one that was in the press all the time, House Bill 1134, the CRT bill, brought hundreds of public school teachers to the state house. Now, I must say, it was nice that, for once, they weren't there focused on us or on school choice. You know We were never included in this bill, nor should we have been. The good news for our public school friends was that that bill and a similar bill in the Senate both died. Another contentious bill was House Bill 1041. It dealt with participation in K-12 athletics and gender identity. This bill also brought large groups to the State House, which led to five-hour committee hearings. This bill did include non-pubs. And basically, this bill forbids transgender females from participating in female sports and requires schools, including non-pubs, to designate sports by gender and to create and implement a grievance procedure. At the time of preparing this podcast, the governor has not yet signed that bill. We assume he will, but we'll have to wait and see. The bill we engaged most heavily on was Senate Bill 331, what we call the ESA fix-up bill. The Treasurer's office attempted to address concerns brought to them by non-public school leaders, and the chair of the Senate Appropriations Committee stripped many of them out in an Appropriations Committee hearing. And then after the House reinserted them, they were stripped out again at the end of the session in Conference Committee. So just to kind of give you a summary of the bill, they did change the ESA deadline date to match the voucher deadline on September 1st. They also did ensure that any administrative cost came out on the administration side of the budget and not the side that feeds a family's ESA that's supposed to be used for services. They also removed the requirement to get a surety bond. All of those are good things. They did not, though, ensure that APC dollars are directly transferred to the non-public school when they provide the special education services for an ESA student, the way that it currently operates in the voucher program. They did not ensure that tuition and fees would be paid for first before a family could go out and purchase other kinds of services. So it'll be a tough call for schools to decide if it's worth participating in the program. But I also do need to mention the Treasurer's Office still hopes to get these last few fixes accomplished administratively. We'll have to wait and see. Again, this bill has not been signed by the Governor, but I'm pretty sure it will be. Senate Bill 115 deals with employee misconduct and it prohibits the hiring or employment of individuals who have committed a list of crimes that would also require revocation of a teacher's license. Senate Bill 123 deals with dyslexia screening. Non-pubs were originally included but were removed from that bill. We contend our schools should be engaged in early identification and intervention of reading difficulties, but we should be doing it because it's a best practice, not because the state said we had to. Senate Bill 82 deals with increasing the completion rate of the FAFSA This bill was amended also, and it made it a May provision for non-public schools to have to provide this information to their families. Again, most likely another best practice. As I mentioned, a number of bills may have one small piece that applies to our schools. House Bill 1093, among other things, places a limit on the number of virtual days a school can have and get paid for. Good news, this applies only to public schools. Senate Bill 290 includes language requiring null grades for the 21-22 school year. And as I've mentioned before, that's good news because grades typically aren't real accurate in the midst of a pandemic. But the problem is it also negates the F school track in the voucher program. House Bill 1251 includes language requiring the IDOE to request flexibility from the U.S. Department of Education regarding federal assessment requirements so that the state can pilot a structure which only assesses certain grades. Well, that's the legislation recap. Don't hesitate to reach out if you have questions about any piece of legislation. And for all of those of you who engaged and reached out to your elected representatives this year, thank you. And if you didn't, and you haven't in the past, how about next year? Because it's all of our responsibility. Speaking of engaging, now that the session's over, this is a great time to invite legislators to come and visit your school. There, that's your homework. So I'm signing off on this final edition of the State House Express. Look for this training to return next January. And so until then, stay well and stay engaged.